In the early days of the war, of course, we spoke to a lot of people in Ukraine about the fear of where they were. I mean, these are cities that went from being relatively peaceful to right on the front lines of a war in a matter of hours. And perhaps no city found itself in Russia's crosshairs as much as the city of Kharkiv, Ukraine's second largest, predominantly Russian-speaking and less than 50 kilometers from the Russian border. We first spoke to English teacher Svetlana Prostupa when she, her mom, and her sister were confined to the floor of their 16th floor apartment in Kharkiv, afraid to go out, afraid their building would be hit next, and wondering what could they do. Here's what she told us back on March the 1st. I didn't want to leave because it's my home and I didn't do anything wrong and I, I don't see any reason for me to run. I think they should run. Russians should go away and stop all this nightmare. And when the war started after Thursday, we've been thinking about that a lot and talking about that a lot. And we don't know actually what to do because staying here, especially in Kharkiv, which is under a massive attack, I think the most attack, yeah, probably like the the Donetsk and Lugansk regions. Uh, But leaving is also a very high risk because people get shot, uh, cars get shot, people burn alive, people get... Russian troops get host- get, get them hostages, mm-hmm. and so on. So we, we really don't know. It's dangerous to stay and it's dangerous to leave. We are like in fear and we, we don't know what to do. Svetlana Prostupa speaking to me back on March the 1st about what life was like in Kharkiv back then. Well, in the days and weeks that followed that conversation, nearly 7 million people left the country. Millions more were displaced internally. So naturally, we wanted to know what had happened to Svetlana and her family. And we found her living in England. And she joins me now. Thanks again for your time. So nice to hear from you. Thanks for having me. Nice to speak to you, too. I'm happy that I'm alive to do that. Yeah, indeed. I mean, when we first spoke uh, almost six months ago now, you know, it was the height of those early days at Kharkiv. It, It must have been... When you look back at those days now, it must seem like it was almost a bit of a dream or a nightmare, or I, I'm not sure, but how do you look back on those days now? At the same time, it feels like it was ages ago and like it was yesterday. So time, the concept of time has really changed since the war started. And I sometimes don't believe fully that it happened in my life but i'm trying to keep going because i'm really determined to see our victory and for that i need to be healthy uh, both physically and mentally Um, keep on improving myself educating working so that's my main job now So tell me about your journey. The last time we spoke, you were uh, heading west. Uh, You hadn't quite made it as far as Kyiv or western Ukraine just yet, but you'd made it out of Kharkiv. Uh, What happened after? How did you end up in in England? So at first, as I told you last time, I really believed that I would stay at home, but the fighter jets literally above our heads changed my mind really quickly. And uh, we started our journey fleeing Kharkiv 
We stayed in a couple of cities in Ukraine. We stayed in Warsaw. And then by chance, I learned about a sponsorship scheme, which the UK government launched not um, very uh, around that time. And I decided to take this chance because I really love the English language, the culture. And I thought, why not? Why not try it? And of course, it's hard to be here alone. So my family is not with me. But I think it's the right place for me to be because I am the most, let's say, efficient here for me, for my family and for my country. How has it been adapting? Um, because, of course, in England, you're actually not that far away. Uh, we used to fly into Ukraine all the time from London. You're not that far away, and yet you are. You're a world away in some ways. How has it been just day-to-day -day trying to settle into this different rhythm of life where war must seem like it's it's not nearby? Yeah, that's quite surreal, like you're in a different world. But since I... As I said, love the English language and the culture. I can say that I'm quite close to people here. I understand them. I see the world in a very similar way. But of course, especially at the beginning, it was really hectic and difficult. So many new things, new routines, documents and stuff that I had to sort out. It was really, really nerve-wracking. Uh, but gradually, I think I got used to everything. I am super lucky to have a great sponsor who helps me a lot. He has introduced me to all his friends and family. So even though I'm quite far away from my family, I found a new one, I can say here. Has your, are you still in touch with, with, with different people from Ukraine who've wound up in England as well? Do you, are, are people having similar experiences to you, or is it very much a, a wide spectrum of experiences for those who have left? I'd say that personally, I have met several uh, other Ukrainian refugees here in the UK, but I don't really have much time and maybe not so not such a strong desire to communicate with them because I have a lot of support and communication with the local people, which for me is amazing. And I also to um, like to have some communication with Ukrainians. I usually do that via Zoom or uh, Viber because I want to see my friends and my family. So Ukrainians... Yeah online and in real life mostly local british people where is everybody now svetlana where are, i mean i remember when we first spoke you were still in kharkiv you were on the bathroom floor if i remember correctly what happened to your sister and your mom and and the people you were with in your family where are they all now so my family is quite all over the place my father is still in kharkiv we um, haven't been living together for many, many years, but we are still in touch. And sometimes I call him and ask him how he's doing. Um, then my mom and my eldest sister are in Warsaw. 
the capital of Poland, and my middle sister, along with her cat and dog, uh, is in Finland. So wow. we are all over the place. It must be amazing. I mean, it, it, just to think that you were all together not that long ago, and now all of a sudden you're spread out in Finland, Poland, your father back in Kharkiv, you're in the UK. Uh, what kind of toll does that take? I, I imagine you hope that you'll all be together again soon. I definitely still want to go back home. So my uh, final goal is to see free, beautiful Ukraine and be a part of this new journey that my country will definitely have. Uh, so, yeah, I would really love to see my relatives and my friends who are also all around the globe France, Germany, Italy, Sweden, many, many countries. And I hope to see them again, because sometimes I feel like we may not meet in real life ever again. But I hope it's just my fears, not the reality. I was speaking with Svetlana Prestupa. She is a Kharkiv uh, resident, or was. We spoke to Svetlana at the very, in the very early days of this war uh, back at a time when she was there and it was um the city was being shelled it was in the early days of the russia's invasion um she since she and her family most of her family have since left she's now in england one of her sisters is in finland her mom and her other sister are in poland in warsaw her father's still back in Kharkiv. we're talking just about you know the journey that many many millions at this point of ukrainians have taken that has seen people go all over the world here in Canada, other parts of Europe. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a bit more just about what Independence Day will mean this year um, and hopes for the future. That's next. Svetlana Prestupa is with us this half hour from England, where she now is. You may remember back in the winter, uh, we spoke to, or the early spring, rather, we spoke to Svetlana when she was um, still in Kharkiv and on her way out of Kharkiv uh, at a time when the city was under intense bombardment from Russian forces. And it was a decision, a difficult decision to leave, but many, of course, have. And we're trying to find out where everyone is wound up and what their lives are like today. It's Finland, uh, Independence Day, Wednesday. Um, it will be different for you this year, I'm sure. But you'll be looking looking home with, with, what, kind of, with what, what kind of emotions this year? Today is also actually kind of a holiday. It's right. my city's day, the day of Kharkiv, right. and also the day of Ukrainian flag, and tomorrow the Independence Day. So the end of August has always been like quite festive for us. I obviously hope that this Independence Day brings us our victory as soon as possible. My heart wants it to happen, not even tomorrow, yesterday, but I understand in my mind that it's impossible and it's not really finishing very soon, but I hope at least it doesn't take ages because our enemy, Russia, is quite a big country and they are good at being at war. So I hope we will end this nightmare as soon as possible. You must obviously still watch the images of Kharkiv as well. I know there's been more shellings recently. Um, it feels like while things have quieted down, that it's certainly not quiet. 
Absolutely not. As far as I know, Kharkiv has been bombed every day since the 24th of February. And I've had a couple of situations when I was talking via Zoom with my friend who's in Kharkiv, another friend who's in Kyiv. And while we were speaking, I could hear some explosions at the background. So I can in some way really feel how people there are doing. When you look at those pictures, I guess one of the questions for people who, who leave a place because they have to, uh, just some of the things that you miss about home, some of the things that you miss about uh, about your town, about your city, the second largest city in Ukraine, of course. I think the most honest and emotional answer would be people. Yeah. Maybe places that I love, some parks uh, where I spent beautiful time with people I love. Uh, but if we want to <laughs> joke a bit, there's one pizza place <laughs> with absolutely uh, awful and cheap pizza, but it's like a very bright side of Kharkiv. And I'm really looking forward to eating it again. Do you have hope that that will happen, Svetlana? I know it's tough uh, sometimes when you look at what's happening. Uh, but deep down, do you do you have hope that you'll be back there one day and that Kharkiv will rebuild and be a bit like it used to be? Yes, I, I know it will be. I think the cities, as you mentioned, it's the second largest city. So I'm sure... We will do our best and the world will obviously help us in rebuilding it. Only yesterday I thought about one place which I thought will not be safe ever again. It's in uh, Kharkiv region, a small forest, and the combats were quite um, horrible there and before the war for my whole life, my family used to go there for summers and spend some time in a forest near the lake. And I think because of how damaged this area is now and how many mines you can find there, it's not going to be safe for many, many years. And that made me very sad because I really loved going back there every year so some places i think are lost if not forever but for a very long time but kharkiv the city i'm sure it will be fine i really believe in that when we first spoke i remember you saying that you'd been teaching an english class i think um just a few nights earlier before everything started. Um, how much for you now? Uh, what are your plans? What do you hope to achieve in the next little while? And what do you what keeps you what keeps you focused and what keeps you um, I guess the the right word would be sane uh, given all the incredible things that have, you've lived through in the past six months? I think again people <laughs> make me sane because I know what I'm living for and also realizing that my family and my country need me and I am in London, which is absolutely incredible and exceptional. In the past, I thought I would never come here even as a tourist because it's very expensive and quite close. My family is not rich at all. So coming even as a tourist sounded impossible. 
but now I'm here and I have all those opportunities and it would be a crime not to use them. That's why I'm I keep working as an English teacher with my Ukrainian students online. I do some translate translations for London companies. I work at a bakery in London. So I try to do as much as possible and gain as much experience as I can. Svetlana, thank you so much for uh, for ha- taking the time to catch up. It's It's great to hear that you're okay. Yeah, our thoughts are with you as always. Thank you very much. I could feel how the Canadian listeners were rooting for me and hoping that I pull through. Thank you so much. 911 on a new night Thursday March 14th on Global stream on Stack TV